What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Live Well Podcast. It's your host, Bree Goodfellow. And in this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Barry Zip. He's one of our amazing StrongSide Roswell members. And I had the pleasure of getting to pick his brain a bit. Because what's amazing about Mr. Barry here is his mindset. How it's grown over the years in towards being a better version of yourself. And how to approach adventure, no matter what age you are, and to live life to its fullest. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, Barry. Hello, how are you? Um, awesome. Thank you for coming on today. Absolutely. Uh, I have a very important question for you. Okay. Um, so, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? I had, I had uh, berries, uh, strawberries, okay. blueberries, and blackberries. And I had a small amount of yogurt. And I had one piece of toast with peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> are you, That's exactly are you what I had. Measures? Do you measure things? I don't measure things, but I am very careful about what I consume. Uh, not to say I'm I'm incredibly disciplined. I do fall off the wagon every now and then. <laughs> but uh, I I um I am I am very cognizant of what I put in my body. And, uh, and that goes even to the types of foods like, yeah, I'm not, a, I don't eat meat, for example. And, and oh. that was mainly because of some uh, family history with heart disease. And, mm. uh, you know, I, I share some of those uh, traits around high cholesterol. And one time I experimented with uh, stopping red meat and it actually helped my profile. So I stuck with it, but it's not a, you know, a moral ethical debate necessarily. It's really about yeah. my health. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's that topic in particular can be really interesting. Nutrition is such an interesting world where people get so um, strange about how they take data like that. Like what what will work for what like one person, you know, in your genetics will work totally differently for someone else, you know. Yep. And I think that's really interesting that you have that data. And you've been able to see the compare and contrast of that. Like well, and I um, you. you know, it's interesting as I've gotten older. Just talking briefly about you know dietary um, habits. I, yeah, you know, like most of us, I I love coffee. I mean, I absolutely love it. But um, uh, and also like most of us, I've consumed almost exclusively caffeinated coffee. Yeah. And, um, but as I've gotten older, I've realized that that has not, um, it's, it's, it's given me, you know, like acid reflux and, and stuff like that. And I, and at first I didn't draw the correlation. And um, I finally went to an ENT and said, yeah, you know what, it's, if you're going to, if you want to correct that, uh, he said, the best thing you can do is to remove caffeine and alcohol from your diet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I actually removed caffeine from my diet and it was easier than I thought it would be. And I, I found really good organic coffees and um, and I, I found that I haven't missed that. And I, I, I've never been much of a drinker, so that was pretty easy. But yeah, yeah there's those trade offs you have to make for your health that I'm more than more than happy to do. It's so staples in your life, too, where you're like, no, don't let it be that. Is there more fear around taking it out of your diet than like really on how you'll function like i know the coffee was a big thing for me as well i had to cut it out it was actually causing um 
blurred vision and migraines for me, which in reality, people say caffeine should help those things. It was causing them. And I was like, no, it can't be the coffee. It just can't be. And yeah, so I had a hard time I, coming to grips with that too. <laughs> yes, it's hard. We have such an emotional attachment to it. Um, but then the further you get from it, you're like, I can function without this one cup of a beverage right now. Like I'll be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I, I realized, I'm sure uh, the listeners as well as yourself can resonate with this. So I, I find it's a lot easier to start and maintain a habit than it is to stop a habit. And oh, uh, yeah. it's a, I, I was really proud of myself to be disciplined enough to actually not only say I was going to stop drinking caffeine, but actually do it. And mm -hmm. amazingly, it took a while. I had some headaches for the first couple of weeks. And, mm -hmm. but uh, now that I, now that I've, I've, I've removed it from my diet, I, I do not miss it. I think I, I, I really enjoy the ritual of coffee drinking. And yes. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of tied that to the caffeine as well, but yeah. fortunately I'm an energetic person and I get good sleep. So caffeine is, is less important from an energy perspective for me. Absolutely. Well, I think that's most things we tie experiences and rituals to same thing with alcohol. Like people are like, same Oh, thing. let's go get a drink together. Let's go get coffee together. It's those two things. Like it's we exactly go the same. Yeah. Time. It's the same. Like you love to spend time like with family over dinner, like things like that. Um, it's the rituals, I think. So when I tell people, whenever, uh, like when I work with people for nutrition, like if they have to cut out coffee, you know, posed by their doctor, or if it's alcohol, they have to cut it back. Like, like just give yourself a different switch. Like if that's your on switch or off switch, just find something else to replace it. That's and right. That's right. It, it gets, I mean, people come with some creative things, but it's to your point, like that the habit forming. And it sounds like you're a really disciplined person though as it is i mean with everything that you've done you sound like you've been an athlete for a long time yeah that's right so anyway that was a minor sacrifice to make for my overall health but i'm happy yeah. i did it well that's great i mean and then talking about like habits and discipline i know you mentioned before <clears throat> you know we started recording about how you've been swimming since you were what seven years old started competitively swimming in a rec league at six wow all the way up and, and so i'm sorry i don't know if this is rude how old are you now i'm 62. and you're still I, I know you're still swimming in crazy places and i just found it really interesting so i'm petrified of swimming <laughs> like horrified. that's what most um, people's reaction is when i say i, I <laughs> swim in deep ocean <laughs> yeah like there's no way like i don't even go into like local lakes like i get really afraid but um can you speak a little bit like what your journey's been? You know, I know you mentioned you did it in college and I know you do it now. Like what's been your relationship with endurance sports in particular? Yeah, absolutely. I've always been uh, um, really drawn to athletics of all types. But um, when I was uh, when I was six years old, so I, I grew up in a, a small suburb of Kansas City. Uh, right in the you know middle of the U.S. and we had a uh, we had a municipal pool a half mile from my house and my older brothers were on the summer swimming team there and they said hey, you should come out and swim Barry and I said okay I'll give it a shot and you know being six years old and at that point fearless you know I said yeah I'll do it <laughs> until I got up on the blocks for the first time and realized how hard it was to dive off but <laughs> but anyway so I started there and then uh, that um, gradually led to um, uh, joining a club team in Kansas City and then you know swimming in high school and and in college at the University of Kansas mm -hmm. and uh, so that gave me a good background in uh, um, not only you know you know training regimens but also about goal setting 
and being a part of a team and, and, and wanting the team to be able to, you know, to count on you and rely on you. And um, that's that's really guided me my entire life from a disciplinary standpoint. I, um, you know, even after I uh, exited college and started my first job, I I joined a, a master's swimming team, which is like an adult swimming team. They're all over the United, all actually all over the world. And I continued that. Um, uh, I, I, I continue that to this day. And um, while I don't compete in the pool as much as I used to, um, I have uh, sort of uh, moved in onto a new path uh, in swimming adventure, and that's uh, open water swimming. And I'm not new to open water swimming. I I uh, did some open water swimming when I was younger, and then when I when I competed in triathlon. Uh, I obviously did a lot of swimming as part of that, but um, about uh, six years ago, I uh, found out about uh, a company in England that uh, organizes uh, ocean swimming adventures, and a company's called uh, Swim Trek, uh, Swim S W I M T R T R E K one word, and um, they they organize these incredible uh, events all over the world. And uh, so the first one I did uh, with a friend of mine was in uh, in the um, Cyclades Island chain in Greece, about an hour off the coast of uh, Athens. It's a, a chain of islands, uh, which some of which people know just from going there on vacation, like Santorini, for example. Um, but this island called Milos, uh, the, the tour company had uh, organized a six day open water swimming event where you're on a boat during the day and then you stay at a small hotel on shore during, you know, in the evenings and mm. you, you swim as a group, you lunch as a group on the boat, you stay as a group in a hotel, you go out and wow. immerse yourself in the local culture. And we swim about six kilometers a day over six days. So it's about you know, a little over 20 miles a trip, you know, for the six day trip. Wow. And, uh, it's really neat because it's not a race per se, although a lot of the okay. people who join these kind of trips have a competitive swimming background and they're from all over the world. I swim with people from Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, Switzerland, Netherlands, UK. Um, Spain. So you, you develop the, this group of friends, you know, all over the world who have a similar mindset and a similar, you know, similar priorities. And um, you do, you do coastal swims, you know, like along the coast, you do, yeah island hopping swim sometimes we'll circumnavigate an island go all, swim all the way around it and wow. um, a, a trip uh, i did uh, a few years back to turkey um uh we actually and this is kind of funny you have to look at, at a map to see if this is see that this is possible we swam from turkey to greece <laughs> oh my there two, god there were two rocky islands just across the international border and uh, we started at one island, went to the other, and said, "Hey, we swam. We swam." Oh my word! National border. So wow. I do those trips all the time. In fact, um, I'm doing another trip uh, this this August to Croatia. Uh, anyone who's familiar with the Dalmatian coast knows just how wow. beautiful it is. And so we'll be doing a, a six day ocean swim along the Dalmatian coast. Mm. And it's similar situation. You're you're doing coastal swims. You're doing island to island swims. You're doing shore to island swims, channel wow. swims where you're getting out into really, really deep water and swimming for a long distance, like, you know, five kilometers with nothing, you know, around you. Um, that can be a okay. little daunting for some people. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I have heart competitions thinking about it. I mean, 
what everyone will be thinking when they hear this podcast, like, aren't you afraid of what's in the water that you can't see? Have you ever come in contact with anything you didn't want to come into contact yeah, the, with? The first thing people say is, are you afraid of sharks? Mm -hmm. And uh, I can say that in the, the, the five of these trips I've done, I have not encountered a shark yet. They are there, but I have not encountered one. And we, are, we do have, these are guided um, swims where you not only have your main vessel, which is where you keep all your stuff. They have a captain and a crew and you keep all your belongings on there. And they've got food and medical supplies and stuff like that if you need them. Mm -hmm. But then there's two um, there's two water-based uh, guides as well. They're in these little ribs, like kind of like dinghies mm -hmm. that uh, they they are they give you, you know, close up support if you need it. And they help guide you to make sure you're not getting too far off course. But the, the biggest fear I typically have in these in these situations is uh, um, um, jellyfish. Uh, sometimes we'll run into pods of jellyfish. I don't, think, I don't know what you call them, schools. And sometimes there'll be hundreds of them. And uh, oh. suffice to say, they really hurt if you get stung. I've been get... stung. I have been stung multiple times. Oh, man. It hurts and they leave a mark. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah and, and see, you'll, that see, would be um, you'll see um you'll see manta rays, but typically they're much more afraid of you than you are of them. Mm. And one of the coolest things is we we often see large sea turtles, and sometimes we're in water that is shallow enough that you can snorkel down and you don't want to scare them, you got to be very careful, but you can yeah. get within five or six feet of them and just have this oh. up close view of this amazing creature that is is massive. What an experience. Yeah, it's, wow. it's really, it's beautiful. So you're getting, it's an adventure vacation. You're getting, mm -hmm. you're getting actually, obviously a lot of activity and a lot of exercise, but you're also immersing yourself literally in the local culture, learning mm -hmm. about, you know, the communities that you're part of and, and then meeting up with a lot of people from other countries that, that, that have a similar, you know, mindset. And it's, it's really fun to be able to participate that in a group participate in that in a group setting. Yeah. That's the second time you brought that up. What can you describe what that mindset, what those priorities are of like these this group of people that y'all share? <clears throat> yeah, these are people who um I mean they they not only embrace swimming for its physical benefits, they recognize the value of swimming for its mental and uh, uh emotional benefits. I mean I'm I'm a longtime competitive swimmer. Uh, not all the people who come to this these kind of events did like traditional pool swimming. Some are um, they do the uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. They they do the uh, diving where they they go down uh, real deep in the water, hold their breath as long as they can. What do you, the heck do you call them? Drawing a blank, oh. and then they come back up. And there and there's a specific okay. name for that where they. The, the the world record holders can go down, I mean, like over 200 meters without, with, with, by holding their breath. And they're, they have their, they're attached to a cable and they get wow. into the deep dark. I, there's people that come, that come there, not just to swim as part of the, 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 you know, the regular trip. They'll, during breaks, they'll go and do deep water swimming. They'll put these big fins on and oh. you know, swim down, you know, 50 to 75 meters, which is deeper than I'd want to go. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, I'm and holding their breath the entire way. And then yeah. there's people who um, uh, do cold water swimming. Mm. Um, they call it wild swimming. And uh, some of the European people, I uh, swimmers I swim with, they 
they swim not a long distance. They may, they may only go in the water for 15 to 20 minutes, but they're swimming in water that's about 50 degrees Fahrenheit yeah. without a wetsuit. And there's a, there's a lot of science that backs the, 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 the physical and emotional benefits, mental benefits of swimming in cold, being immersed in cold water. Yes. I, I want to do that. I haven't I haven't uh, gotten the, the courage up to to jump in without a wetsuit into 50 degree water. Mm. But there's people who I know that do that regularly and say, you it's like anything. You have to work up to it and become prepared for it. Mm -hmm. One of these days I'll do it. But I've swum in yeah. cold water. I swam in San Francisco Bay. It was 52 degrees Fahrenheit. But I had but I had wow. a wetsuit on and it still was really cold. <laughs> it's really interesting. The uh, I have heard of this about specifically the mental benefits. I've heard of trauma victims actually doing like cold water dives. So similar yep. to what you were talking about, seeing how far you can go, like, but in immersed and even colder water, they're literally out like where you walk out onto the ice, there's a thing carved out for them, like a hole for them to plunge into and they go deep. That's what they do. Out. That's right. Yeah. So one of these days I'll do that. It's difficult to do that in Atlanta. I mean, you could go out to Lake Lanier and swim during the winter. That <laughs> we don't have be much of too that appetizing, here. but yeah, but, um, yeah I, I have friends in, that live outside of London that go to these uh, lakes. Like, uh, they, they call them heaths, H-E-A-T-H. -E yeah. And uh, they, they have groups that go out swimming, you know, two to three days a week. And the water is, uh, is like 13, 14 degrees Celsius, which I think translates Ooh. to early, you know, low 50s. And they okay. swim without a wetsuit. They and it's it and they they just um, rave about the, the the myriad benefits they get from doing that. Mm. So a lot of these, um, the mindset and the priorities you mentioned, a lot of it just sounds like it's around building mental strength, like the obvious of the physical endurance and strength that you need to get there. But I can't imagine for me, like someone who does not swim, okay going out into open water and having to hold my breath and if i can't hold my breath like i'm like i'm suffocating that's how i'm thinking the whole time but then even going into unknown waters where i can encounter something i don't want to encounter um you know there's just i instantly myself like thinking about your position think of all the things that could come up but y'all are a group of people that actively embrace that yeah yeah, I've never been presented with uh, the type of danger that might prevent me from doing this in the future. But I, I mean, I, it, for me right now, it's, it's, it's worth the risk. <laughs> yeah. I just, there's just something about it. And that, you know, I, um, and you mentioned the mental part of it. Uh, you do have to have, you know, a, a, some mental fortitude to, to, to certainly to race. You know, it's not just about being physically fit. You have to, uh, and and there are many listeners here who will who do race, whether it's triathlon or they compete in in strength training or or yeah. CrossFit type events. I mean, I I marvel at some of the people I train with at Strongside, and mm -hmm. and just not just how strong they are, but just how committed they are to the sport, like I am to swimming. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is it is it de definitely provided me with uh, a lot of uh, uh, mental and emotional benefits, not just knowing that I can swim. You know, I swam up in the Tennessee River last year. I did a I did a ten mile swim, wow. uh, and uh, and 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 even though I've done a lot of open water swimming, that's the longest race I've done in open water, and it was a four hour swim. And uh, you, you, it's not just preparing physically is only one part of that journey. You've yeah. got to be prepared to be in the water without touching the bottom for four hours, and um, so wow. there's a form of deprivation. But for me, when I'm in the water. I, I it's it's almost meditative to me. 
because my right. head is beneath, unless I left my head, my head is beneath the water and I really can't hear anything. And mm. so your mind, your mind drifts, or you just find yourself thinking about a certain topic. It, it is, I love it. It's a form of meditation. It sounds like, I don't know if you've heard of this concept before, but like being in the flow state, have you heard of this? I, um, I don't know if I've heard that. I've heard about people, you know, being in the quote unquote zone. Maybe it's the same yeah. thing. I think it's the same thing, but there's an actual like phenomenon that, of watching, you know, an athlete like be in their zone or a musician being in the flow state. Like it's when you have a particular gift to something um, and everything not feel completely effortless, but like it's just what you're supposed to do. It becomes meditative. You just your body and mind just know what to do. And it sounds like that's where you go, which I find fascinating because not everyone well, you're right about that. that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Sometimes I'll be swimming and I'll and I'll and I'll realize I've I've gone a thousand meters and I hadn't even thought about the strokes I'm taking. I've I've been thinking about other things mm -hmm. and uh, or not thinking at all. You know, yeah. just your mind just opens up. So for me, that's I, I I love that part of it. I mean, I like the exercise. I feel good. I feel energized when I get out of the pool after a good workout. But uh, it 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 does pay other benefits, and I'm sure people who who are um, going to strong side, you know, four and five days a week, they get that same energy from, from that. Not, yes. it's not just the fact that they might be getting stronger it, or they are getting stronger. It's the mm -hmm. fact that it's that sense of accomplishment and knowing that you're reaching your goals. And if you're not reaching your goals, you're getting closer to those goals. Then you set new goals. And mm -hmm. I, I marvel at some of the people I train with at strong side, because I didn't grow up doing strength training and, um, mm. and I know strong sides more than just about lifting weights, but that kind yeah. of stuff, you know, doing yeah. the snatch and the clean and jerk and things like that. I never did those in my life. And so at the age of 62, trying mm -hmm. to learn those moves is a lot harder than someone like you or others that not only have done this for a long time that are, that, but that are younger. So I relish the challenge, although I'm sure that, <laughs> my trainer looks at me and wonders what I'm doing sometimes. No, no. I, <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. Like, I don't know how many members would say they get into the flow state when they're taking, you know, a yeah, maybe not. thrusters, maybe not. Um, on, but, um, you know, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I feel the same way when I watch um, particular athletes as well, like watching, oh, it's like watching a master at his craft or an artist paint. Like, it's just like the way people can move. Um, I find fascinating as well. And, um, it's funny, like I also never lifted any sort of weights up until about two or three years ago, really like three years ago. Um, I was always like in more endurance sports. I would run forever. I come from like a long line of runners. It's all they ever did. And so learning these types of movements like was brand stinking new. And um, it's amazing to see what your body's capable of, which I'm, I'm sure you've seen, like in working in a completely different way. You know, That's right. I mean, I've started from the beginning. I mean, it's not that I haven't done this kind of work before, but um, to do it with this level of discipline and organization, it's one of the things I like the most about StrongSide is, you know, like many people, when I was younger, I had a gym membership. I'd go to the yes. gym, I'd do some exercises, I'd stretch out and go, ah, that was good. <laughs> but now yeah. I, I go there and I, and I actually warm up for seven or eight minutes. I, yeah. you know, there's a routine, there's a, there's, there's a, a whole, it's not just the daily routine, it's actually the whole calendar that's set up and the philosophy behind it. And for me, it's a new challenge that I really relish. And even at my age, I know that this is doing me a lot of good in a lot of ways. And 
so yeah, between swimming and and strong side, I feel like I'm uh, I'm getting getting certainly my my daily dose of uh, of, of exercise and, and improvement in many ways. Yeah, I'd say <laughs> you're definitely doing a lot of fitness for sure. How would you say um, the work that you do in strong side, you know, the lifting of weights, you know, the various different ways of cardio um, has affected your performance when you're swimming? It's made a huge difference. Um, I, I feel stronger in the water. I, um, I, I was <laughs> the other day, I, I, this is funny, not that I'm trying to get bigger. I don't know if I can get bigger. <laughs> I don't know if I can get bigger muscles, but I put on a pair of jeans and I said, oh, those are the little tight in my thighs. And I've always had skinny legs and I go, well, maybe yeah. all those squats that Nate's making me do are paying off. <laughs> You're going to have quads like Nate one day. Watch that. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I, uh, that's, an, that's another level, but, um, I, I do feel like it's helped me. It's, it's helped my endurance. Um, I feel like I feel a little leaner in the water and uh, I know it's something I have to do I mean even when I was a kid and swimming for a club team and certainly in in high school and college strength training was a part of the regimen but not like this not as not as you know well uh, not the kind of mature operation with the the discipline and organization and all that that we have that you have at strong side but I now that I've done this I uh, I, I I can't imagine not doing it Mm, yeah. I mean, even to the to the mental benefits you mentioned, you know, so and obviously, as you said earlier, like with all of the fitness that you've done throughout your life and to where you are now, all of the physical benefits you've gotten, but in the mental benefits that we keep touching on, would you say there's a different type of I guess the word I'm looking for is like muscle in your brain that has changed when it comes to this type of fitness? Does that make sense? Absolutely. But I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, there's, there's been some uh, uh, exercises at strong side that I just never would have attempted on my own. And I'll give you a simple one. It's a box jump. Um, mm -hmm. And it, that sounds really rudimentary, but <clears throat> I have never done box jumps in my life. I mean, maybe a small one, <clears throat> but I remember yeah. the first time I uh, was doing an exercise routine at strong side, I was in a class. And one of the one of the the motion the movements was a, a box jump, and I stood there, and I looked at it and go, I don't think I can jump that high. I'm too mm. old. <laughs> and I said, but I'm going to do it. So I started out with the I think the 20 inch box jump, and mm -hmm. I got comfortable with that, and I got complacent with that. And yeah. then you know, if had I been on my own, I never would have tried to go higher. And then I yeah. remember one time, and it might have been working with you. It might have been just you and me one day. I yeah, was that partner worked out. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to do the 24-inch box jump. And darn yeah. it, I did it. And now I know <laughs> I can do it. So it's it's pushing myself, even at my age, to get better. And so my mind has adapted to that. And so when you know Nate or Jody or somebody says, we're going to do snatches today, or we're going to do we're going to do pull-ups, strict pull-ups or something, my you know in the past, I would have gone, I can't do that. I'm too weak and I'm too old. Now, at least I try it. Yeah, and that's a that's a big uh, that's a big uh, advancement for me. That's fantastic. And if you know, I always try and end these podcasts with something tangible for people to take away, um, something that they can hang on to. You know, because the words of advice from your peers, I think, is far more impactful than someone you know on Instagram they've never met before. You know, all these things that they see, and 
you know, to that alone, like in just trying it, you know, you're around a bunch of people that all had to start from like day one, like square one of whatever it was in their fitness or in even this type of fitness and just giving it a try and seeing what happens can be the scariest part. But it sounds like it's, I mean, to your point, like it's so worth it. It is. It is. And I, so I have a, you know, I'm going to the 530 class today and I looked at the workout and I'm just like, ah, this is going to be great, you know? And I, and I, I learn, I walk out of there learning something every day, whether it's about gaining confidence in this kind of a discipline, or it's about getting guidance from the, the, you know, the expert coaches that, that are uh, part of every class. Uh, I, I just, um, yeah, it's just something that, you know, I, I, I'm always eager to learn and, and develop a skill. And, uh, and this is something that uh, I, I've just uh, really enjoyed a lot. Amazing. Barry, thank you so much. Is there any piece of advice you could leave listeners with before we sign off today? Well, for, for me, it is don't ever, um, don't ever give up your, your, your sense of adventure or your, your, you know, a commitment to adventure, no matter, maybe your, maybe your goals become a little less uh, uh, dramatic or, <laughs> or difficult than someone who's 20 years old. But, uh, you know, I, I realize, and, and I think this is a trap we all fall into. When I was young, I had this passion for learning and, and you learn at a very rapid rate because everything's new. And I remember once I became a parent, you know, my, my desire to learn and to grow kind of passed down to my kids. And, you know, I watched my kids learn to swim. I watched my kids play soccer. I watched my kids compete in lacrosse and all that kind of stuff and become good runners. And I realized that, you know, I shouldn't just watch them do it. I need to continue setting my own goals because even as I get older, even though my goals may or my leaps in progress may not be as as large as they used to be, you know, as long as I keep trying to do something more and better, uh, no matter how small that incremental improvement is, I'll feel like I've made myself better, not just being able to lift more weight or to run faster or just not run as slow, <laughs> but, but to, to know that I can still, you know, accomplish things. So, you know, when I came into StrongSide, I was, I was nervous for the first time because this is, I had never done something like this, but um, the coaches made me feel welcome. There's no, um, there's no judging there. And even though, you know, I'll get a finger point from Nate or somebody that says you can do that better or here, do it this way. It's yeah. never, it's never like telling me I'm, I'm, I'm doing something bad. It's, right. it's, it's positive. It's constructive. You can do this better. And, and, and I just, I, I love that kind of coaching and that kind of training. So don't ever think that, you know, whether you're not, if you're not as in shape as you once were, or you're older than you once were, it, you, you, there's always room to grow, whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally, all of the above. Wow. Amazing. Thank you so, so much, Barry. I really appreciate you like so much. Those words are really going to be impactful for someone here because I, I work with clients all the time. And those are the things that, that come up all the time as parents, as grandparents, you know, but the fact that you can always keep getting better no matter what stage you're in your life is so impactful. So thank That's right. you. That's right. Well, thank, thank you, you so very much, much for uh, inviting me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Um, so y'all, if you are still listening, thank you so much for listening to me and Barry today. Like Barry's so full of knowledge and information and I appreciate y'all. If you wouldn't mind giving us five stars on wherever you're listening, that lets us know that you're enjoying what you're hearing. And we just care about providing more 
information and education and just inspiration to go off and live your life well. So thank y'all so much.